It's time to get informed and inspired. This is Saturday Morning Live, sponsored by Asset Advisors, LLC, at Linden Sheet Metal on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. KGMI and the Cascade Radio Group receive financial compensation to present this program in its entirety. Opinions and information expressed are those of the host and or sponsors and do not necessarily reflect those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group. Good morning and welcome to Saturday Morning Live. I'm Lyle Sorensen filling in today for Becky Taylor, who's hopefully doing something really fun. Probably traveling. I know Becky. So anyway, hopefully you're not too tired of me yet, but here we go. You know, it's amazing. Whatcom County just never fails to produce topics to talk about. You know, looking looking through the numbers and looking through some things, you know, it, I, I'm still kind of, I, I might have mentioned it last week, I'm, I'm still kind of just almost in disbelief about the syringe services program in 11 months. So through November, they handed out 197,254 syringes in Whatcom County. Um, That's an average of just under 18,000 a month. So if we were to take that average and add it in for December, that would be 215,186. You know, that's almost one. For every man, woman, boy, and girl in Whatcom County. That's a lot. Think about that. Um, they didn't provide me with the number for how many they got back on that exchange program. Um, but be careful where you step because that's a lot of syringes going out every month. Um, Narcan kits, uh, they distributed 5,912 Narcan kits there's two doses per kit, so that's just under 12,000 doses, 11,824. And you say we don't have a problem. We have a problem, and it's a big problem here in Whatcom County. It's really big. You know, 132 deaths um, from overdose in 2023. Um, it'll be interesting to index some of these numbers uh, kind of going forward, uh, I called the medical examiner's office in January. Eight people lost their lives in Whatcom County to drug overdose. Um, when I talked to the council on Tuesday, um, there are seven council members and one executive present. That would be the same as emptying all those seats. Can you imagine if in one month we lost the entire county council and the executive? What what would we do? What would we say? Sorry about that. I got to get something here to keep my throat clear. But what what would we do? What would the response and, and the action be if it were our elected representatives who we lost in that month? If the eight people we lost were our elected representatives. And then the hits just keep on coming. I don't know if you saw the article, but Interfaith, the Interfaith Coalition, which is a coalition of local faith organizations and churches and things um, is is going to be phasing out of housing. Um, they've got 12 housing units uh, around the county um, and they're citing 
you know, logistical things and societal and cultural changes and things, and they, they don't feel like they, you know, because they also provide case management and support. They don't feel like they can necessarily provide the level of service and support that they feel that they need to. And so they're phasing out their housing this year. Um, some of that housing is for emergency housing. Some of that housing is um, transitional housing. You know, it's sad, but we have to keep in mind how difficult it is. You know, one of the one of the things, and they didn't give this as a reason, but it was mentioned mentioned in the article that they've had issues with contaminations in the home due to meth. Right? Um, and it costs, are you ready for this? So they've they had to abate four of their of their twelve units in the last year. It costs between eight and twelve thousand dollars to do a meth cleanup, right? So, I, I kind of like to say, no good deed goes unpunished. No good deed goes unpunished. So here we are. We're helping people um, not lose their home. We're or we're giving them transitional housing or emergency shelter, and they thank you by smoking out with meth. Ain't it great? You know. And, and the really sad thing is, is the selfish acts of a few people, the selfish acts of some addicts who don't care or appreciate enough the fact that they're being helped with shelter and they contaminate the place. You know, I really firmly believe that when you're in a position that you're gaining or getting or receiving um, free or subsidized housing when you when you're getting when someone's giving you a place to live, you don't have there are behavioral constraints that come with that, and and I think there should be. I don't think that it's a right you to live in that place that's owned by somebody else. I don't believe that. I believe it's a privilege and privileges come with requirements. Basic requirement, respect. You know, if you're going to use, at least go out of your place of residence. I, I don't know any apartments or any leases in Whatcom County that will let you smoke tobacco or cannabis or anything else in your, in your residence. And a lot of them won't allow it on the property anywhere. You know, legal substances, let alone illicit, highly toxic contaminants. Can you? I mean, it just it blows my mind. We've gotten to the point where we've so enabled people. We've so made it so that they, oh, it's, you know, we don't want to make them second-class citizens and tell them they, they can't use. Of course not. Um. You know, maybe we should start requiring UAs. You know what? That's that's and th- and then everything becomes pretty uniform. Hey, listen, you know that's great. We've got this. You've got to pass a UA. Um, you know, I mean, you stop and look at it. Twenty five percent of their units had to be abated, and you wonder. You know, they're not stating it as the reason, and I'm not putting words in their mouth, but you know that has to be a consideration. And you know, and they're not making the. They care about our community, and you've got a group of people who are giving, and there's people who, you know, are bequeathing their their properties 
to interfaith coalition when they die and all of these things to create this foundation focused on helping people. But yet they feel like, you know, what we're doing isn't working. It's inadequate, you know, and, and they're looking at some other options, maybe some mobile services, mobile food, shower and laundry facilities, kind of some of those things that, you know, have been identified as needs in the community. I don't know. What do you think? 676 KGMI 676-5464. We'll go ahead and open up the lines. If you can't contain yourself, feel free to call in. Um, We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Henry Winkler. My eyes are very important to me. My eyes connect me with things I love. I loved my late father-in-law dearly. He always lit up a room, but his vision dimmed with age. He had age-related macular degeneration, or AMD. And since partnering with Apellus, I've learned there's an advanced form of the disease called geographic atrophy, or GA. His struggle with vision loss made me want to help others know about GA's warning signs. For some, straight lines seem wavy, like when looking at a doorframe. For others, blurry or missing spots can make it hard to read or see loved ones' faces. Many have trouble seeing in low light, making driving at night difficult. GA gets worse over time and cannot be reversed. If you've been diagnosed with AMD and notice vision changes, don't wait. Talk to your eye doctor about GA today. Learn more at gawontwait.com. That's gawontwait.com. How do we earn our reputation for repairs you can trust? Great mechanics? Yeah. Quality parts? Absolutely. But the real secret is knowing the most important part of every vehicle is the driver. And here's your keys. She's already Right on time. Thanks. With over 30 years of service, you can trust Bellingham Automotive to help you with any regular maintenance needs or unexpected repairs. Schedule your appointment at 360-676-5200 or visit BellinghamAutomotive.com. When you buy a Subaru from Dewey Griffin, you're buying more than a vehicle. You're buying safety for your family, an investment that will hold its value, and reliability that will last a long, long time. Simply put, you're buying trust. Stop by Dewey today and check out their huge inventory of 2024 Subarus. From the 8-passenger Ascent to the Outback, Forester, and the Sporty Impreza, and the all-new Crosstrek, Dewey Griffin Subaru. Community-minded, community-driven, and the only Subaru-certified tire and service center in Whatcom County. The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Live. A little bit of Creed this morning. Nice blend of mellow and a little bit of rock. Wake you up easy. You're listening to Saturday Morning Live. I'm Lyle Sorensen. You know, these issues aren't going away. They aren't getting smaller. We've got to we've got to face it. And I and I want to I want to give a shout out to Council Member Ben Allen Boss and Council Member Barry Buchanan because those guys are working on a fentanyl emergency um, resolution. And uh, hopefully, um, by the end of March here or so, we will have at least a declaration. We'll be admitting we have a problem, which is the first step towards getting better. Rich, you've been waiting patiently on the air. Hi, guys. Good morning, sir. 
How's it going? Well, you know, it's morning, and it's not raining. It's not windy. It's right. it's nice, and we're right side up. It feels a little bit like spring. Um, My brain feels upside down though half the time. Why's that? Well, we have so many good people in Bellingham that want to help. You know, the homeless and the drug addicts, yet 90% of what they do is enabling and not helping, and they don't understand it. And I don't know how you get them to understand it. Help is detox. Help is removing them from the drugs. Help is mental counseling. Help is not bringing foods and supplies to the camp behind Walmart. That is, our, like you said, giving needles. Mind-blowing to think that our government gave out 200,000 needles. That just... <laughs> chaps, my you-know-what, as they say. I just can't believe it. Better get some chapstick. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, and, no. You know, the, the, the intentions are good, but yes. the results are a disaster. There, you hit on it right there, Rich. What we've got to start doing is we've got to start measuring results. We have to start looking. No, they, they don't like to do that. And, you know, when they do measure results... What's also important, just as important to see as the results they measure are the things that they don't measure because the things that they don't measure will tell you the areas that they're failing right. in because I can guarantee they, you if they're right. if they're having success, they'll shout it from the mountaintops. But if they're not, know, then they don't want to talk listen about for it. What's, it's like you said, you listen for what's not there. In so many cases, that's the case. If this was great, wouldn't they say it? Oh, why didn't they say it? You know, and you... People don't know how to read between the lines. The easiest thing you can do in life is trust the government. And we are taught to trust the government. They're supposedly looking out for our interests. Yes, they're there. here to help you, and, Rich. And and they, the last couple of years, my eyes have been open so wide they about popped out of my head of the lies and the corruption. And just the – I don't know if these people are uneducated or I guess it's maleducated. Today, kids are taught entitlement, not personal responsibility. You were talking about abating those homes that, or those shelters that had meth contamination or suspected contamination. That's because they think they're entitled to that free stuff. Yep. Uh, I know the guy who owns Paso del Norte in Blaine. He was called in during that thing at City Hall where the homeless had camped on the lawn and made a you know total mess a couple years ago. He was gonna. He was uh, tasked with feeding X number at X dollars per head, and that was paid for by the city. And he said that when he brought food there, the people were scoffing at it and saying how it wasn't good enough. And he said he totally got denigrated for the free food he brought them, free to those people. And it's like, well, there's your there's your entitlement mentality, and this. And he said how disgusting that is. And when people realize that, then it's like, hey, this is not help. These people. They need consequences to reform them. People need guidelines. People need boundaries. That's why we have laws and and law enforcement to keep us good. If we don't have that, it's it's instant chaos. Chaos is the default if you don't enforce law. It just happens everywhere yep. if you let it happen. And then they, I think they let it happen on purpose for political. Made they make political hay out of this bad stuff. You know, All you got to do is just not do your job. Yeah, I mean, I started. I sort of disagree with you in the case of Whatcom County, honestly. Okay. Well, the, the challenge the challenge we have is 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 we have no incarceral capacity. If you break the law in right. Whatcom County, they have nowhere to put you. Um it's just but that's not a, that's a failure too. Well, it is. And and I would say that that's the result of a quarter century of deferred leadership. But, you know, we've we've passed funding. Now we need to find the will. Twice. 
to right now we need to find the will to do what needs to be done right and you know i'm going to emergency declaration will help this will help greatly to speed things up and cut red tape I, I, I think. think it will. I hope it will. I, I think you're going to see Can't a push hurt. towards tr- more treatment and detox-related th- stuff. Um, hopefully that doesn't delay um, construction in, of a new jail or um, get us in a position where we don't have enough size, enough capacity. Because the reason right, we are yeah. where we are is that in 1984, we built a facility that was too small. But and, that's what government does. Don't they have rules to not allow you to expand when you build new things, such as schools? You can't build beyond capacity, or some weird thing. Uh, not that I'm not that I'm aware of. The 2013 I've needs assessment it. that we had said that we needed 649 beds to meet the incarceral needs of Whatcom County through okay. 2026. We have half that, so that's why we have between five and ten thousand outstanding warrants and severe booking restrictions, and that's why... Oh, yeah. That's a huge part of it. That's why there's no consequences. I mean, we could roll back all the bad legislation. We could overturn the Blake decision. We could do all those no things, and right. it will make no difference in Whatcom County because the issue we've is we have no We've known for place. 20 years that we've needed a jail, and we've passed a tax measure in 2004, and then they claimed they did good on that and built the work center thing. Well, well we were told the jail was bad then, and it was kind of smoke and mirrors, and now my fear is this new jail... It might be a decade before it comes, and in which case I will be very grumpy because when you pass something, you would like them to be breaking ground within a year. And yeah, it won't happen within a year. If we're well, lucky, course, we'll have course. something by 2029. Um, That's just egregious. Meanwhile, they collect the tax, and we don't get nothing. Well, it's like before. Yeah, well, you uh, know, here's what I'm going to tell you. Um, you need to show up at, at county council meetings. Your friends need to show up at county council meetings. No, you need to show up. You get three minutes, and it's the only way that you can be certain that you're heard. That's the only way. Well, I've gone to some in the past, pre-COVID, and what I noticed is when you get up there and say your three-minute deal, most of those council members are looking at their desk, trying very hard not to engage you, look at you, or listen to you. And it was just sad that they're not – they seemed very non-interested. Not that you shouldn't do it, but I was like, wow, these people are just going through the motions, and they're doing their thing, and you're like, whatever. A drip of water – can create a canyon and rock if it drips long enough. enough time. And so, you know, I can tell you that in two years of regular council meetings, um, you know, I am heard. When I stand up, they have a pretty good idea within, can, yeah. within a range what I'm going to say. I always try to provide new and interesting data and information. In a respectful, yeah, grab their attention, right? Kind of yeah, way. That's a good idea. But you know, yeah. if if people don't show up and people don't express what they're thinking and what their desire is, you know, it, you can't really you can't really get mad if if you're not exercising the rights that you have. And well, I do have the ear of one of the council members that I, you know, well, check you need in to with get the so other, you need to get the helps. other six. Right, because it's probably not the one you talk to that needs to hear it. That person probably, probably, if you're talking to them, probably doesn't disagree with you. So you got to hit the other. You got to hit the other six in the executive. So that's good. We'll see you at the next council meeting in a couple weeks. Executive too. Yeah, I've talked to him several times, and you try, and I don't know. I understand. He's very, he's very polite. Squeaky, squeaky, squeaky. Yep, yep. No, hey, squeaky wheel gets the grease, and the more wheels that squeak, the better. Um, All right. Well, you have a good day. You sound like you got to get going. Well, Rich, thanks for the call. I always appreciate it.
and you enjoy your weekend. Yeah, you too. We've got Luann waiting on the line. Luann? Oh, well, maybe we lost Luann. Oh. No, I'm here. Oh, there you are. Yep, well, hello, I'm here. Luann. Well, Welcome you know, to Saturday Morning I Live. Have, well, I have one solution um, in 2008. Okay, we got to go fast because we're coming up against a break. Okay, I would like to have it made a law that the county executive cannot use the jail money for anything else but the jail. Pete Kremen used that money that was allotted in 2008 to build a jail, and he used it for something else. Well, I can tell you, I've looked at where those funds went. Set Because the ballot measure that we voted on said it could be used for construction or operations, 75% of those funds were used for operations. Right. And so then they didn't have enough money to construct. So, But see, why can't we stop that? Why well, can't we, we can. I think as citizens, we need to show up stand up and speak up on a regular basis. And so, you know, like I was encouraging Rich, you know, show up on a Tuesday night to the council for public comment and and let them know. Say, hey, you know what? We've watched this. We don't want to see it happen again. Well, and I've written letters. I'm 88 years old and I have glaucoma and I cannot drive at night. Gotcha. And I just, I couldn't find a parking place even if I did come because we've been fighting the city council for 50 years and it has gone nowhere. Yeah, about anything. that's frustrating. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, and I just wanted to give you my two cents worth. Well, because that's good. I it's think, worth a lot more than two cents. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I just think that the county executive should not be able to use that money for anything else but the jail. Well, the purse strings are held by the council, so we'll have to we'll have to work on them. All right, Luann, yeah. I appreciate your call, and I 100% agree with you. The funds need to go where the funds are allocated, and we need to keep an eye on them. Right. Thank you so much, Lyle. Thank you. Bye. You're listening to Saturday Morning Live. We'll be right back. The Lummy Bay Market at Exit 260 is where you'll find more in the store. You'll find more in the store because there's so much store, almost 10,000 square feet. The Lummy Bay Market is where you'll find everything you need for on and off the road. You'll find the best value on gas and diesel, along with way more than you would expect out of a convenience store. There's a liquor department featuring a great selection of your favorite competitively priced spirits, wines, and mixers. And of course, you'll want to check out the huge selection of ice cold beer in their massive beer cave. Want to grab a quick bite for breakfast or lunch? Don't feel like cooking dinner? At the Lummy Bay Market, you'll find a great hot deli counter, including our brand new fried chicken, chicken tenders, and chicken wings with all the fix-ins. Make the Lummy Bay Market your first or last stop of the day for fuel, food, and more. The Lummy Bay Market, just off I-5 at exit 260 on Rural Avenue. Open 24 hours, 7 days a week. Lummy Bay Market, where, where there's, there's more in the store. store. When you buy a Subaru from Dewey Griffin, you're buying more than a vehicle. You're buying safety for your family, an investment that will hold its value, and reliability that will last a long, long time. Simply put, you're buying trust. Stop into Dewey Griffin Subaru and find out how you can get up to 1.9% APR financing on select new 2024 Subaru Outback models. Dewey has a huge inventory of new Subarus, from the 8-passenger Ascent to the Outback and Forester to the Impreza and the all-new Crosstrek. 
A Subaru from Dewey Griffin will get you and your family where you need to go safely. And when you purchase a Subaru from Dewey, you'll be supporting a local dealership that supports our local community. Need service? Dewey's Express Service Centers open six days a week. Stop in for your next oil change or any other minor maintenance, and you'll get a free cash with any service. Dewey Griffin Subaru. Community-minded, community-driven, and the only Subaru-certified tire and service center in Whatcom County. When it's time for a new roof, there's only one name to remember. Justin's Roofing. It's Justin's Roofing. Justin's Roofing has been family-owned and operated for over 20 years, serving the Pacific Northwest. Whether it's traditional shingles or a TPO membrane for your flat roof, Justin's has got you covered. It's Justin's. Give Justin's Roofing a call today at 360-815-ROOF or go to justinsroofing.com. Justin's Roofing, the name to remember when it's time for a new roof. It's Justin's Roofing, spelled with two O's. The latest local news and important topics of the day from the West Mechanical Studio. No gimmicks, just the highest quality systems. 0% interest financing and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Rely on West Mechanical Heating, Air Conditioning and Electrical. Contact them today at westmechanical.net. Get the latest news and information 24-7 with KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and mybellinghamnow.com. CBS News Brief. Israel is telling civilians to leave the Gaza city of Rafah before it invades, but this man says through an interpreter. Here is Netanyahu and his government, the government of war, threatening to invade Rafah. Where shall we go? If they try to pressure us to migrate to Egypt, we will not go to Egypt or any other place. The White House is pushing back against that special counsel report over President Biden's handling of classified documents that described his memory as poor. The president's going to appoint a task force to review how transitions look at classified material to ensure that there are better processes in place. There's some nasty weather out there. Strong thunderstorms rumbling from the Ohio Valley all the way down to the south. And we're especially keeping an eye on these storms here in Texas, Louisiana. We are calling for damaging winds, possibly large hail. Can't rule out tornadoes. That's Kelly Cass at the Weather Channel, CBS News Brief. I'm Allison Keyes. With arms wide open. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Live. I'm Lyle Sorensen. We are talking about all things Whatcom County today. You know, we have got a problem. And the first step towards getting better is admitting we have a problem. And then we need to take action. Uh, Kudos to the county council. They're working on um, trying to figure out some action steps to take. Um, The Lummi Nation has kind of been leading the state and even the nation uh, with their steps. Um, They've been super proactive um, and kind of not Kind of not taking any BS, you know. If if you are a member of the Lummi Nation and you were caught dealing, you are disenrolled. We are going to vote you off, um, and you know that's that's a pretty big deal. And you know, I give them a lot of credit for um, standing up, speaking up, and not just talking, but taking action because that's what it's going to take. Um, and you know, sometimes. I think people think this is like either or either um, we go total harm reduction and we go easy on everything and we just try to keep them from, you know, 
don't want them to get sick or anything and keep narcanning them, live to die another day. Or, or the other extreme where everybody wants to, you know, lock everybody up and throw away the key or whatever, whatever. And, and you know, the, the, the solutions are and solutions because there are uh, very good ways that incarceration can be used as a tool. When you use incarceration with intention, it becomes a tool. It becomes a tool to provide that person separation from the drug separation from their association and their habits and their patterns of addiction. And when that happens, people can begin to get clarity and they can begin to understand. They can see a difference, right? You know, when you're in the throes of active addiction, you know, and really all you're working on is your next fix and you're in your own little world, whether that's the alley behind the horseshoe or whatever your world is when you're in that active place of active addiction, you don't have clarity of mind and you don't have the ability to, to do that. You know, it's amazing because we don't have involuntary commitment laws that are very easy to use. Um, you hear a lot about, well, it's because people have mental health challenges. Well, yeah, some, some do. And then a lot of the mental health challenges that we see on the street are drug-induced. Let me say that again. A lot of the mental health challenges that we see on the street are drug-induced. Um, if you look into P2P meth as an example, um, it, it triggers or causes, depending on a person's state, um, psycho- psychotic, schizophrenic symptomology, sometimes, you know, almost immediately. And if someone's doing these drugs on an ongoing basis, they are going to exhibit mental health symptoms. Pretty simple, right? You know, do people have do people uh, who are in active addiction have trauma or past traumas? Hundred percent. I'm sure sure they do. You know, I bet you ninety percent of us, if you want to sit down in a safe room and talk have something that someone would identify as a trauma, right? Yet, you know, people learn to adapt, to deal, to cope in different ways. Not everybody runs out and takes a drug. You know, it's, it's interesting working with youth in the past. Kids, you know, you, you get a new kid in the group or whatever, and, and you, you look at that, at that kid and you say, wow, I wonder what their home life's like. And after doing that for a while, what you discover is that some of the most amazing kids come from some sometimes from some of the most dysfunctional, screwed up, horrid backgrounds that you can imagine. But you'd never you'd never guess that in the million years because here is like this poster child for driven success and amazing human being. And then and then you see kids that come in who are a complete wreck. And you go, oh my goodness! And guess what? They came from sometimes they came from a Leave It to Beaver family, and you know, and everything in between. And what you very quickly realize is that kids start making decisions probably when they're about ten years old. Yeah, it depends. But these days, it's probably about ten years old. They start making choices in terms of their friendships, in terms of all sorts of associations and things, and and that really directs their life path. You know, as as parents, there's only so much you can do. You know, you can provide boundaries, you can, you can 
provide guidance. You can provide support and leadership and consequences when they're necessary. There's things that you can do, but ultimately that kid makes their own choices. When you talk to substance use disorder um, specialists, a lot of times what they'll say is that addiction rewires a person's brain and they become much more like a toddler in that they need the carrot and the stick. In other words, they need incentives to motivate them, but then when they don't follow through, they need that stick. They need that consequence for what what they've done. Right now, we have no consequences. We've got tons of carrots. You know, look, we'll, you know, we'll get you in permanent supportive housing. Um, we'll do all these things. But then when they mess up, we don't have anything for them. One of the things that people who are involved in diversion will tell you is that we can't use diversion as a rationale to, re- to reduce incarceral capacity. In fact, we need to have enough incarceral capacity so that if that person in diversion decides, nah, I'm not feeling this, I'm going to quit doing that then we need to be able to give them a weekend in our, in our um, incarceral spa and help them to remember what they're being diverted from. And, and that's, that's key. You know, it, it's, it's not that we want to be mean. We don't want to be mean. We want to help people get better. At the same time, if we continuously give people things with no accountability, we just give it to them. Oh, everybody deserves a place to live. Well, you know, ideally in a perfect world, that's probably the case. In, in one where people are accountable and they take responsibility for their actions and they have respect for the, for the gift or the privilege that they're being afforded. You know, what makes you deserve for someone to give you a place to live? You know, there are people who would argue everybody deserves a place to live. Well, maybe, maybe, you know. You have to make good choices, and you have to be involved. I think it's completely reasonable to expect if someone is giving you a place to live um, for free or at a reduced cost or whatever, and there are behavioral conditions attached to that, I think that's completely reasonable. Because you're, you're not paying in lieu of cash. You're agreeing to a contract. And most of the things are in line with what everybody does when they're paying full rent. Don't smoke in our place. Don't mess it up. Don't make holes in it. Don't be noisy. You know what? It's, it's called being a good neighbor. It's called being a responsible adult. At what point? You know, and I'm probably ruffling up some feathers. You're probably either throwing stuff at the radio right now and calling me names. Or else... You're going, yeah, get it, right? You know, I mean, it it seems like that's kind of where people are at. But we've got to start helping people to be, you know, and some people don't like it when I say this. We need to start helping people to be accountable. You know, it's kind of like like your your kid, right? You know, if if I tell my daughter, if you don't stop that, you're going to get time out. And then I never give her time out. What's she going to say? Uh, he says that all the time. I'm never going to get time out. That's effectively what we're doing with people in our community who are committing crimes. We have between five and 10,000 outstanding warrants 
in Whatcom County between our county government and our small cities. Imagine that between five and 10,000. Those are not recommendations, suggestions, or requests. Those are court orders. We are in violation of between five and 10,000 court orders. This is ridiculous. Do you really think it's going to get better? You know, I mean, and it's crazy. I was going through the list. A lot of them are for DUI, and I'm sure that those people with outstanding warrants for DUI, I bet you they quit drinking. You think? I don't think so. You know, and, and so we're teaching them that there's no consequences. There's no accountability. You don't have to show up. It doesn't matter because nothing's going to happen. We're, when, when it gets to the point where nothing's going to happen, guess what? Anarchy takes over. It's kind of like Rich was saying at the beginning. You get chaos because it doesn't matter what you say. It matters what we do. You're listening to Saturday Morning Live. I'm Lyle Sorensen. We'll be right back after this break. Want to wager on your favorite winners? Now you can at the only sportsbook north of Snohomish County. At Silver Reef Casino Resort, you can get in the game with baseball, football, basketball, hockey, and your other favorite sports. Visit the Portage Bay Sportsbook and Bar to place your bets. Sportsbook open daily at 9 a.m. Silver Reef Casino Resort, located off I-5, exit 260. We've got that. What does your dream getaway have? Luxury hotel rooms, elegant suites, and relaxing spa? We've got that. World-class Wine Spectator Award-winning Steakhouse? We've got that. Washington's premier golf destination? We've got that. How about the newest slots, table games, and exciting promotions? Oh, yeah, we've got those, too. Visit Silver Reef Casino Resort and hit the getaway jackpot. Silver Reef Casino Resort, located off I-5, exit 260. We've got that. Hey, Les Schwab Tires here. Right now, you can save up to $150 on select sets of four tires during our Founders Celebration Sale. So stop in, save some money, and help your family stay safe on the road. You'll see we have plenty of tire savings to go around. And around and around and around. Check out our tires on sale and book an appointment at LesSchwab.com. Les Schwab Tires, doing the right thing since 1952. Limited time offer while supplies last. See LesSchwab.com slash sale for details. Hello, folks. This is Phil George. I'm an elder law and estate planning attorney here in Bellingham, and I would like to invite you to join me every Saturday and Sunday at 1 p.m. right here on KGMI for the Aging Hour. If you have questions about Medicare, Medicaid, long-term care costs, probates, wills, trusts, or anything else that has to do with aging, this is the radio show for you. Studies show that more than 70% of estate plans fail when families need them the most. Join us every Saturday and Sunday at 1 p.m., and we can show you how to set your family up for success. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Live. Holy smokes. You know, it's amazing. I don't know if you if you know this, but the bumper music we've been playing today, uh, Creed, this is Alice in Chains, these musicians have struggled and even died from drug addiction. You know, it's it's a pervasive 
growing problem. You know, one of the questions that we have to ask ourselves, and when when we look at when we look at fentanyl, when we look at meth, when we look at the growing drug problems that we have, it's not a function of it's not a function of you know wham bam it's done it's over it's easy. We have not yet reached, if you want to call it, you know, stealing from the environmental movement. We have not yet reached peak fentanyl. We have not gotten there yet. This is a, a growing issue. Um, and, you know, there are new synthetic drugs that are coming onto the radar that um, won't respond to Narcan, that, when, that will become more pervasive and even more deadly. You know, it's, it's kind of like the opium wars um, from back in the day in reverse, right? Um, when the Dutch and English were uh, getting the Chinese addicted to opium, it seems that the Chinese have, have a long memory and they're doing that with us. They're flooding us over our southern border with lots of cheap, um, synthetic, deadly addictive drugs. What do you think? 676-KGMI if you want to get your two bits worth in or your four bits worth or your two cents worth, whatever. Be happy to, happy to share. Eli called in during the break, and he says that people learn at the speed of pain. If they learn, they seek help. If they don't, they die. And that seems pretty straightforward, and it's, it's much easier for them to accomplish that now than it has been in the past. You know... We need and solutions. It's not harm reduction, housing first, whatever, or jail. It's all of the above. We're going to have to look at what works. You know, we don't have time here or resources in Whatcom County to reinvent the wheel. What we have to do is we have to learn from our neighbors. We have to learn from Portland. We have to learn from Vancouver, B.C. We have to learn from L.A. We have to look We have to learn from places in the Midwest. We have to look at what people are doing that's effective. We need to become results-driven. You know, so often what we do is is we do things that make us feel better. You know, if if it sounds good, if it sounds kind, if it sounds loving, and it makes me feel better, then it must be good. If it sounds bad or it sounds mean, or it makes me feel bad, then it must be really bad. You know, and it's just not the case. You know, sometimes I wonder if in our efforts to help, in our efforts to appease our own consciences, if we actually prevent people from finding their bottom. You know, the thing about bottom Bottom, when you've reached the bottom, the bottom's usually solid. It's usually hard. And it's interesting. Some people choose to lay down and die on the bottom. And other people use the bottom as a launching pad. It's something firm that they can push from. And I think we want to be there to help them when they reach their bottom. But, you know, I think a lot of times we're well-intentioned, but... By helping people, we allow them to bounce along the bottom, six inches off the bottom for 20 years. 
They don't get sick enough. They don't get hungry enough, cold enough, wet enough, miserable enough in their existence. They find their, their, their cozy little zone six inches off the bottom. And every once in a while they hit the bottom and then they bounce back up and somebody gives them, throws them some food or some money or gives them some new needles or Narcans them, brings them back, live to die another day. You know, we really need to take a look at who are we helping and why are we helping? Are we helping because it makes us feel better or are we truly having results from our efforts? You know, and that's what we have to look at. We need to take a hard look at permanent permanent supportive housing. We need to take a hard look at that. We need to take a look at the entry requirements. I would argue that our bar to entry is too low. We're wasting resources on people who aren't improving. What we're doing is we just gave them a much much warmer place to camp and do drugs. And if that's the result that we're getting, then we, we, we chose the wrong person. We need, to, we need to find someone who wants to be better, who's ready to be better, who's ready to do the hard work and take the steps to recover and relaunch their life. Someone who's, who's reached their bottom, who's reached that hard bottom that they can launch off of and have success in their life. You know what? These probably aren't popular words. I'm okay with that because popular isn't going to solve the problem and it's not going to help people get better. You know, it's, it's super interesting to me. It's really hard to find good data, good outcome data corroborated by a third party on a lot of these helping programs. It's difficult to find when you do find it. What's also interesting is is that it's not just the things they report, it's the things they don't report. So they'll talk about, we got 400 people out of camps and off the street and in permanent supportive housing. Well, yeah, they did that after they increased the budget by like a whole bunch. And, you know, we're talking about zero barriers, so they're... It's okay for them to continue in their addiction as long as they don't use a loan, right? So that's that's kind of the model. Go ahead and stay addicted while you're living in permanent supportive housing. we got a smoke shack over here. You can go over here and smoke, kind of like they have in the camps. You can go over here and, and continue to use your drugs. Just be safe. So are we helping that person to get better? Arguably, no. We are not. We are sustaining them. Six inches off the bottom. You know, those programs, interestingly, when they track their statistics and their outcomes, there's two things that are blatantly missing. The interaction and relationship of their residents with the courts and with the law and their relationship with their addiction. Those numbers are completely not mentioned and absent. What I can tell you about outcome data from programs is if it's not if if they're having success in those areas, they will be waving the flags and sounding the trumpets and jumping up and down and saying, "Look at the success. Our clients are are getting clean and sober, and our clients are cleaning up their mess and their interactions with law. 
they're improving. Look at these huge steps. But you won't see that. You won't hear that because those things aren't part of the program. We have to, if we're going to do wraparound and we're going to do the whole thing, we got to do it. You know, we don't have good involuntary commitment laws. It's, which is amazing to me. There are people walking around on the streets of Bellingham when we arrest them, when they do something really bad, they go to the jail and they are not competent to stand trial. So they need competency evaluation and restoration, right? We got to restore them to a competent position. We've got to, we've got to stabilize their mental health so they can understand what's going on. They're not competent to stand trial, but yet they're competent to make decisions about their own life, whether they should be involuntarily committed or not. If they don't want to go to a, a treatment program or a mental health program, they don't have to. But if we arrest them, they're not competent to stand trial. I feel like I'm in upside down, inside out world. Does that make sense? When you say those words out loud, do those make sense to you? Because if they don't, you need to stand up and start waving your flags and waving your signs and show up at meetings and talk. Stand up, speak up, get involved, because that's what it's going to take. You know, just throwing your hands up and going, wow, this just doesn't make any sense. And never saying anything about it isn't going to do anything either. So you know what? Get involved. Come out. Speak up. Um, there are committees at the, at the county level that you can be involved in that have input on these topics. Stand up. Get involved. It, it, I can't stress enough how important it is to be involved. You know, we have got to quit helping people to stay six inches off the bottom for 20 years. You know, it's like... It, we're, 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 are we really helping them when we just sustain them in a, in a lifestyle choice? Are we helping them? I, I assert no. We aren't. We're helping us. That's the exchange that happens. It's never fully altruistic. You know, if, if I'm trying to help someone, there's an exchange that happens. You see, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel like a good person. So, so there's an exchange that's happening. Maybe we're addicted to addiction. Maybe we're addicted to addicts, to helping people, to making ourselves feel good like we're good people. Maybe we should take a look at that and, and ask ourselves, is this making a positive difference with measurable positive outcomes in the lives of people? Think about it. So here's what I'm going to say. You're going to hear me say it a lot on the show. We need 1,200 jail beds. We'll use the surplus beds for treatment services. So that means that would probably give us 500. Can you imagine having 500 beds for treatment, for detox, for service, for rehab, for transitional programs, for competency evaluation and restoration? Can you imagine having that all under one roof? Talk about economy of scale and construction, economy of scale and operations. You've been listening to Saturday Morning Live. I'm Lyle Sorensen. I hope you kept up. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon.